Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church Podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Wow, that gets me pumped up every time. We have taken the land. Guys, can you believe we're in the middle of a miracle? How are y'all doing this morning? Y'all awake? Y'all are second service. Y'all better be full of like four cups of coffee by now. So as you know, we've been in this series of Joshua. And so far, it has been my favorite series. Would y'all agree? Y'all like this series? Man, Pastor Benito has been doing an incredible job of taking us through the journey of Joshua. We've been able to see God do incredible things. We've seen him uh, when God parted the Jordan, bringing down the walls of Jericho. To today, I get to help close out this series of Joshua where Joshua prayed, son, stand still. Before we dive in, let's go ahead and pray and get our hearts ready. Father, we love you. God, I've been praying through this message, and Lord, this this passage of scripture right here changed my view and how I pray in 2009. Would you do that here today, God? Would you show us how we can pray, how we approach your throne room, Lord? We love you so much in your name. Amen. I have a question. How many of you have ever prayed like a bold prayer, like a ridiculously crazy prayer? And like you prayed it and you're like, man, I feel it. Like you're like, man, I feel like I said all the right words, right? Like, man, that sounded good. I should have recorded that. And you prayed it and you're like, man, God's going to do it, right? Have you, anybody? I'm the only one. I'm the only weird guy. All right. All right. Yeah, there we go. Someone in the back. But here's the thing. When I met my wife, day one, I was like, oh, snap. And I mean, those of you that know my wife, like people see us together, they're like, how? Like, only God, you know? <laughs> but day one I met her, I met her uh, January 1st, 2016. I'll never forget it. And a couple weeks went by, and we're talking, and I'm thinking, man, I need to ask this girl on a date, otherwise she's going to lose interest. So I start getting all ready, and I'm like, man, I'm going to ask her out. And I pull out my phone, I look at my bank account, see that number, I'm like, nope, no, I'm not. I... <laughs> Sure am not. Like, I was so broke, y'all. I just moved to a new church. They don't start you off very good, you know. And so I was like, oh, man. So I did what only a very desperate single pastor would do. I got on my hands and my knees, and I prayed a very powerful prayer. I was like, God, listen, you brought me here. You knew what I was going to make. Lord, I know you saw that girl, too. Lord, would you provide? Would you make a way? And I prayed like, God, would you, man, I'm not asking anything crazy, Lord, just provide money for the first date. I'll do the rest, God, but provide that initial date money. And guys, I'm telling you, I prayed hard. Like, I was believing that someone was just going to come up and, like, give me some money. Because I'm like, man, he's going to do it, right? So Monday comes up. Tuesday, Wednesday, every day I'm praying. Guys, it was so embarrassing. Every single day at my office, Somebody would walk up to me like, hey, I'm like, you, you got something for me, bro? Like, just thinking they were going to give me an envelope. Of cash. Like, no, what would I give you? Like, you're the new guy. You know, and I was like, man. So the week's going by. Friday comes up, and I'm like so discouraged, y'all. I'm like, God, where are you at? I prayed that big prayer. I know you heard that. And I didn't even text her that day. I was like, man, it's over. And my boss, uh, he's like, hey, man, let's leave work early today. I was like, all right, cool. So we leave, and he's talking to me. And, man, he's speaking life into me. He's like, man, we're so proud of you. You've been doing awesome. I'm like, man, I needed this. I had a bad week, you know. And he's just, like, telling me all this awesome stuff, making me feel good. And then he goes, hey, man, I got something for you. I was like, okay. 
And he pulls out this envelope. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he says, I'm going to give this to you on one condition that you take a girl. And I was like, uh, okay. He's like, can you do that? I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. He hands me this envelope. There's no money in it. But it's got two tickets to the Mavericks game against the Thunder that night. On the fourth row, all you can eat buffet and VIP parking in the very front of the stadium. And he said, he gave me a little note. He says, stay in your seats at halftime. So I take her. We're sitting there. Halftime comes. I'm like, what's going to happen? This lady comes. She goes, Mr. Hernandez. I'm like, oh, snap. She knows I'm not rich. Like, I'm busted. <laughs> and she goes, your boss spoke so highly of you. I wanted to give you something. Here's $100 to the gift shop. You and your day go get some shirts or jerseys, and y'all have a great time. I was like, what? And that was our first date, y'all. The rest is history. You know what I'm saying? The wife her up. And that's my story. And the whole thing with that story is God answers prayers. But here's the big question I have for you guys. What God-sized prayers are you praying right now? What God-sized prayers are you praying right now for your life? I love this quote. It says, bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. He is offended by anything less. If your parents, or if your parents, if your prayers aren't intimidating to you, then they're insulting to God. Like I said when I was praying early, earlier, this passage, guys, I, I read it in 2009, and it completely changed how I pray. So let's go ahead and read it. This is uh, Joshua 10, 7 through 13. And so far what's happening is Joshua's like on the height of his faith. Right now we're seeing Joshua. He's going against five kings and five armies. It says, so Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. No one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Stop for a second. Did you notice right here? Man, you can't help but notice, right? Like, the battle hasn't even started yet, and God's already speaking in past tense. Don't be afraid, for I've already given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Did you know from our perspective we are fighting for victory, but from God's perspective we are fighting from victory? When your faith is in God, it doesn't matter what obstacles we are facing, it's already finished. I, I, don't, I don't know who you are, and I, I've been praying for the people in this room this week. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, or if that business you started is failing, if your marriage is failing and it's loveless. But whatever you're dealing with, we've learned from Joshua so much. And if this is your first time, it's perfect, because this is the thing we learned from Joshua. If your problem is too big for you, then it's just the right size for God. So Israel pursued them along the road going to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Zekah and Macadaya. As they fled before Israel on the road from Beth Horon and Zekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones on them. And more of them died from the hail than were killed by the sword of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. So the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jeshar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down for about a full day. Man, can we just take a minute to relive how cool this must have been? Like, don't even pretend you're Joshua. Just pretend like you're a dude in Joshua's army. 
right? Like you've seen God do some miracles. You've seen the walls fall down. You've seen the Jordan be parted. And like, man, you're like, man, I'm going against five kings and five armies. And Joshua's like, dude, don't worry. God already told me we're going to win this thing. You're like, okay, I mean, let's get it. Like he's already done so much. So you're chasing them down. Just imagine, you're chasing down the five kings and their five armies, and they're getting fewer and fewer. And not only that, the Lord is throwing down huge hailstones that's only killing them and not touching you. you got to get amped up right there. So you're chasing down the enemy, and they're fading in the distance. They're getting fewer and fewer, and the sun starts to go down. You're like, man, my confidence is up. We're doing awesome. So you start to slow down. You're like, man, this is good. We, we did enough. But then Joshua goes sprinting past you, full of energy, and he's not giving up. You're like, Joshua, we're good, bro. We got most of them. And he shouts, son, stand still so we can finish the job. Man. I would be like, okay, hold up. (laughs) Bro, you've already prayed some crazy stuff, but son, stand still. That's ridiculous. But God did it. Literally for another 12 hours, the sun stood still, and they were able to conquer with the assistance of God. And some of you in here might say, okay, but how do we know that the sun actually stood still? Like, where's the statistics? Where's the proof? What did NASA say on this subject? Guys, I did the research, and it's cool and everything, but man, something that blows my mind that I couldn't help but bring up right now is I think it's funny that so many times when we read the Bible, we don't question any miracle but this miracle. Like, we, we see Jesus on a ship, and he says, peace be still, and we're like, man, that's awesome. But when the sun sets, it's like, man, where's the proof? And here's the thing, y'all. If this shocks you, which it shouldn't, but if it does shock you, you think too little of God. It's like Pastor Ron told Pastor Benito. God either is or he isn't. There's no in between. It's like a switch on or off. Like, he either is or he isn't. He's either a great big God or he isn't. We believe that Jesus was born of a virgin or he wasn't. We believe that God made it rain manna for 40 years or he didn't. Too often we put God in a box. Yes, I believe that the same God that made the sun stand still, the same God that allowed Jesus to rise from the dead after three days. Yeah, it was an incredible day when God made the sun stand still for Joshua, but it was a far greater day when Jesus went to the cross for our sins. You see, on that day, the sun was also involved because it says when Jesus hung up there and he said it is finished, that it went dark for three hours. And darkness fell on the earth on our behalf so that when Jesus rose again, we could receive the light that is Jesus Christ. You see, God is a miracle-working God. But I get it. Because we don't see this kind of thing in our life um, or in this day and age, it's kind of hard to believe. But let me ask you one more time, what God-sized prayers are you praying that you can see a move of God like this in your life. So here are four things, when we're recapping over Joshua, here are four things um, we see in the book of Joshua. One, before God moves, I have to move. Man, I know too many people who are just sitting there waiting for God to do something big in their lives. Man, I had this, I had this buddy in college, and uh, he was 35, right? And I remember specifically, because I'm like, bro, I'm 18, you're 35, what are you doing? Do something. But I remember this dude, man, he was a man of God. And he was constantly just like, man, I can't wait to get married and have a wife. I'm like, man, me either. Like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But he never did anything. He just prayed for his wife, and he never asked anybody out. And he honestly believed with all his heart that God was just going to plop some girl right in front of him, and, like, she was going to propose or something. But, like, it doesn't work that way. But there's also so many people that want that dream job, but they're not working. They're not doing anything. They think that, man, 
that right salary hasn't come along yet, or this isn't what I want to do. It's not the position I want. It's like, man, go get a job. Work. Even if it's selling some newspaper, it's still honorable to work. Right now, I can say, man, I have my dream job. Honestly, I can say that. But man, my friends and my family, they could tell you how hard I worked and how hard I prayed to get where I am today. Man, I spent five years at a church of 70 people. I, my youth room was a kitchen where I preached to like four to seven students. But I preached my heart out, and I made $40 a week. You have to get your life in motion. If you want God to move in your life, well, first, your life needs to be moving. And there's people who say, man, I just want God to speak to me. I want to hear his voice. I want him to move. Just say something, God. But when the worship band is up here rocking out, some of y'all just standing still without your hands up in the air. You want God to move, you have to be moving. You have to seek before you find. Number two, hold on to God's promises even when the sun is going down. And I feel like I could just say that and be done. Hold on to God's promises even when the sun is going down. You have to have faith. When you're holding on to God's promises, even when it doesn't look possible anymore, you have to have faith. When it looks like all the odds are against you and all hope is lost and your heart is like, man, it's, it's, it's gone. It's all. You got to tell your heart to have some faith anyway. I have the perfect example. Uh, just last week, my sister called me. And uh, some of y'all know my sister. She preached at the women's conference this last year. And uh, she called me and she was like, man, I got to tell you a really cool story. I was like, all right, cool, share. And some of you might know, but my sister's pregnant right now, and my third nephew is due next week, which is pretty awesome. But she was saying how the doctor's office has been calling and calling, trying to get the first labor and delivery payments rolling. And they'll call, and they're like, hey, we need this money. And she's like, I'm sorry, we just don't have it. I promise we're going to get it. We just don't have the money right now. How many of you have been there when you're just like struggling, you're struggling financially, right? And you need a miracle. You need some breakthrough. And so she's like, we don't have this money. And her and her husband, they're praying. They're like, God, we need you to do something. There's so much going on. There's this, there's this. And on top of that, they're, they're asking for this money. God, we don't have it. It's not a large amount, but we don't have it, Lord. And a couple of days later, her husband, my brother-in-law, gets a random check for $1,400. And so she takes that check, and she goes to the office, and she's like, hey, uh, here's the money I owe. I'm sorry it's taken so long, but here's the money. And the lady's sitting on the computer doing her little thing, and she's like, hmm, interesting. My sister's like, oh, great. You know, there's probably some interest or something, because that's how, that's how it goes sometimes, right? So she says, interesting. My sister's like, what's going on? She says, it looks like you don't have a balance. And she's like, what do you mean? You've been calling me. She's like, no, I know, I know. We've been calling, but for some reason, there's not a balance. She's like, well, I'm, my fear is maybe some other family paid by mistake. Here's the money. If you figure it out, like, call us. And she leaves, and later that evening, they call my sister back. And they say, Mrs. Gutierrez, we figured it out. It looks like two years ago when you went through the labor and delivery, you guys overpaid. And so you need to come back and get your check because y'all are all caught up. So not only are they caught up on their bills, but they're on top $1,400. And that's the power of God, y'all. He's a good God and he's a big God. When we understand that he is with us and he's for us and he goes, before us and he stays with us constantly reminding us of his promises that still today even in this day and age he can make the sun stand still number three you have to have faith that god answers bold prayers you have to have faith that god answers bold prayers but guys let me tell you there's a catch you know there's a catch to god answering bold prayers you got to pray you got to pray if you want god to answer bold prayers you got to pray 
The Bible says you have not because you ask not. I love what Mark Batterson said. He said, the greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. But sometimes you have to ask more than once. Sometimes you gotta, you got to pray and pray, at least when you're praying for something big. You have to hold on to the promises, and sometimes you have to risk other opportunities to hold on to those promises. I mean, look at King David. He waited 17 years to be king. Jesus waited 30 years to do ministry. The Apostle Paul waited 14 years to do ministry. Moses wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. We heard about Caleb. Caleb, he waited 45 years to see the promised land. And then there's Anna. Anna, she waited 60 years to see the Messiah. Write this down. If you don't take the risk of devoted prayer and waiting, you will forfeit the miracle. If you don't take the risk of devoted prayer and waiting, you will forfeit the miracle. You see, you must not give up. Uh, most of us, we, get, we don't get what we want because we give up too early. We quit praying. We, we give up too soon. We quit uh, praying right before the miracle happens. This church started in prayer. It's like Pastor Nito says all the time. What started in prayer will be sustained in prayer. And man, like I'm not talking about two years ago when we first did like the, the first Daniel fast. I'm talking about the beginning. I, I can share about Pastor Nito because he's not here and he's too humble to share all the little details. But man, is it cool if I just share like a staff member perspective of how this whole thing went down? But like, first I got to tell you, if you're a first time, I got to tell you about the beginning. Pastor Benito, not only did that dude move here and move his entire family here, put it all on the line, and, and move here to a whole other state, not knowing anybody, not having a plan, but simply believing that, God, if you birth this plan inside of me, i got to believe you're going to come through. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to be obedient. So he comes over here. He's working four jobs, being a father, a husband, a pastor, a janitor, a church administrator. And here we are. He finally did it. He, he got his church in three different locations. Here we are today. But as some of you know, last year, when it seemed like we hit rock bottom, we had $1,500 in our savings account and $17,000 in rent to pay. We did hit rock bottom. Like, it, it didn't look like it. It was rock bottom. Pastor Benito would be getting us ready, telling us to get our resumes out. I'm like, dude, I just got here. My wife is working part-time. I'm newly married. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I'm stressing out. I'm freaking out. And I remember he'd come up to me. He'd put his arm around me. He'd be like, dude, you look so stressed. Just... Calm down, OC. Like, this is not your burden to carry. It's mine. And he would say, man, I would stop taking a check before I let that happen to you. Just, just have some faith. I'm like, all right, dude. But, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I start putting out applications. Like, just hold on a little bit longer. And here's the thing. Your pastor, Pastor Benito, you have to imagine eight years of planning this thing, of dreaming and praying. And through all this time where it looks like we're about to shut the doors forever on this church, he's praying, God, where are you? Come through. Something happens, and your pastor did what I don't think any other pastor I know would do or any other person I know would do. A respected man comes up to him, representing a massive church that if he ever shared the name, y'all would know because it's a massive church in Dallas, and so, say that they want him to come be the lead pastor, and they're going to give him a six-figure salary. And most pastors would be like, man, I'm getting off this sinking ship. This must be you, God. I've been praying. Let's go, you know? But he said, thank you, but no thank you. He said, I've prayed too hard. I've believed too long. I've worked too hard to stop trusting God now. 
God, if you've brought me this far, I believe you're going to come through at the last minute or we're going to go down swinging and I went down trusting you. And guys, because of his audacious faith, from 1500 in the bank account to hopefully this time next year, we will be worshiping in a $3 million facility. Praise God, right? Only God can do that. But also with audacious faith. Point number four. God is bigger than anything you will ever face. And here's the cool thing. You will never need anything as big as asking the sun to literally stand still. Like, you won't. But what's even cooler is that we only have the ability to pray big and to pray bold because of Jesus. You see, Jesus is the better Joshua. Joshua led God's people into the promised land, but it's Jesus who leads those who call on God into the true promised land, which is justification, reconciliation, a new life in Christ, and adoption into the kingdom of God. So many times whenever I, I hear this story, people say like, man, Joshua set the, the tone of prayer. No, it was Jesus. Joshua said, God, Father, would you let the sun stand still so that we can fight our enemy in the light of day? But Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but your will. And he fought, fought our ultimate enemy, Satan, sin, and death in the darkness and endured the darkness of death on a cross. And then he was placed in a dark tomb for three days, which he rose again. Jesus, just have faith in me that I can do things that you can't do and I'm good at it. It's not about what you know, how smart you are, but it's about how big God is. We recognize how big God is by big prayers. In this series, we've been able to see Joshua's faith be built. But also in this series, I have to be honest with you, my faith has been built. Because, man, not only do I have a pastor who has audacious faith where he prays big and ridiculous things, but, man, I, I can brag and I'm confident and I'm proud that I attend a church full of faithful people. And I know that sounds weird, but check it out. We wouldn't be able to say, man, we're stepping into a $3 million facility if it wasn't for y'all. If it wasn't for y'all's faith, if it wasn't for y'all pouring out y'all's checkings and y'all's savings accounts, the vacations you've been waiting for. Man, I got to see a miracle happen. Whenever they said we have a month to get $120,000, I saw people that I didn't believe to have anything, and they poured out, and here we are. They said in a month we got 160000 my faith was built because of this church. But man, let's, let's just do, we're closing this series. Let's just do a quick recap. Can you imagine in the beginning when there was those dudes that gave a bad report about the promised land? And they were like, we can't go over there. Dude, there's giants. They're huge. And you see their food? Their grapes are massive. We can't go over there. But imagine those guys now, after seeing all the miracles, you know they're not going and giving a bad report. After seeing all the things God did, they're giving good news. They're giving God news. They're talking about the miracles. My last point here is when you see God do something big, you have to share it with others. And this is the biggest challenge. You can't keep it to yourself. There's too much God for you to keep it to yourself. You have to share it with others. There's a bunch of ways to do that, whether it's on your hands and your knees praying for those family members that you've been wanting to see come to Jesus for years. 
or if it's going out and laboring. Some of you are like, man, I'm not a good communicator, but I bet you can work. I bet you can pick up a shovel. Here's the thing. March 9th, we have this opportunity to share in our new community that we're not even in yet about what God is doing. Man, here's, here's the thing. Originally, when the city came to us, they said, man, could you guys, y'all have done so much. Could y'all get us 30 people? And Pastor Neil being crazy and bold as he is, he's like, man, we get you 70. Where I was like, dude, that's a lot, I don't know, 70. But man, when I step back and see in my last three years of being at this church, man, I think we could get 100 easily. I think we, we, could, we could make a marker in this city where it's had the best city cleanup it's ever had. Where the city does only, not only says that, man, Freedom Church is available and they do things with excellence, but they go above and beyond their promises. So if you want to be a part of what God's doing, please go to the guest services and sign up. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.